in the Lord. Even after being baptized with the Holy Spirit, is there more? Hallelujah. Yes, we keep moving from one glory to another glory, don't we? And it just keeps getting bigger and better and wonderful, Dan, till one of these days we'll be in his presence. Hallelujah. Think about that. Selah. Amen. Selah. Think about that. We just keep moving forward to the day when we will be with King Jesus forever and forever. So yeah, today is a big day. Celebration of Pentecost. Shavah. I can't remember. Let me read my, yeah, Shavant, right? I can't never, Shavat. There we go. I always have a hard time with Greek and Hebrew, you know? English is uh, tough for me some days. So anyway, 50 days, amen? In Leviticus chapter 23, it talks a lot about this. The first fruits of the harvest were brought before the Lord. And I know some, many of them, many of the true uh, Jewish people would make two loaves of bread and present it to the Lord as an offering and as a, kind of as what we do with our offerings here as the first fruits of their harvest. So just a very, very important, uh, important time. So as we look in, you know, to Acts chapter 2, that's kind of the title of the sermon today. Acts chapter 2 is still for you. Let's say that together. Acts chapter 2 is still for you. Amen? It's, uh, it's uh, a lot of churches have almost taken this chapter out of their Bibles. Sadly. Amen. They just want to, yeah, yeah, just skip on over that. That was just for a certain time, a certain period. And let's jump on over here to Acts chapter 3, you know, type thing. But we, we here at the house, we believe in uh, everything from cover to cover. Genesis 1 to Revelation 21. Amen. And all in between. Praise God. We preach the full counsel of the Word of God to the best of our ability as He gives the anointing and the revelation and the inspiration. Amen. So, uh, Again, it's a very important day, and we do not want to discount. I told him in the prayer room, I believe it's the very foundation and the bedrock of the Pentecostal movement and really of the church. The church was empowered that day. Their leader had left. Jesus, the one that had been here with them, that was doing all, and, and they were sad. You got, you know, you'd have to put your place there, yourself there to realize what had happened. But, you know, when we lose someone, it's a sad time for a while, isn't it? But yet here, 50 days later, we find the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they never looked back, did they? They never looked back. So let's read about it here. Acts chapter 2. We're basically just going to go through this chapter expositorily. All right? We're going to cover the whole book of Acts. Anybody ever heard somebody preach just on Acts chapter? Not the whole book, just the whole chapter, okay? <laughs> we might bring a sack lunch, right? Uh, but we're going to cover all of Acts chapter 2 today. I believe it's very very important. If you've been born again, if you've been baptized in the Spirit, you, you understand its importance and relevance. But let's look into it today. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like the rushing of a violent tempest blast, and it filled... The whole house. Everybody say the whole house in which they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them like a candle. Amen. Can you imagine that? A little flame above your head. Wow. And they were all filled, diffused throughout their souls. Woo! with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. Wow. Everybody say wow. Now there were then residing in Jerusalem Jews, devout and God-fearing men from every country under heaven. And when the, this sound was heard, the multitude came together, and they were astonished and bewildered because each one heard them, the apostles, speaking in his own particular dialect. Are you getting a picture of what's going on here? Jesus had told them in Luke, I believe it was, chapter 24, to tarry in Jerusalem. 
Stay there. Do not leave. Stay there till you be endued with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1, he mentions it again, doesn't he? But you shall receive, verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses into Samaria and Judea to the uttermost parts of the earth. So here they are gathered in this room praying all in one accord in one place and the wind of the Spirit blew into that room. How many would like to have been there that day? Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe it can happen still today? How many has ever been in a situation in a room where it happened? Just the wind of the Spirit. You'd almost see it moving across, across the congregation. I can remember several times in my life when it was so strong. It was almost like you'd, you could see the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in, in that room. And this, one of the songs we sing today talks about the atmosphere, right? He creates an atmosphere when he shows up. Amen? It just comes in and exudes and flows and pours out upon everyone present that is hungry for him. So here's the power of the Holy Spirit coming down upon, upon uh, the church there gathered in that room. You know, you talk about the power of God. I believe it was on full display there that day. Amen? Full display, very dramatic, uh, again, with the tongues of fire and the wind. The power for the church had fully arrived. And it was so loud, people gathered outside even heard it. It created quite a stir, didn't it? They heard the loud noise. That some people, commentary say there might have even been some thunder and lightning. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? They heard the loud noise there in verse 6, it said, and everyone came running. Wow, how many would like to have some loud noise at the house and see some of the neighbors come running in? What's going on at the house? The power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's going to take in these end times. Amen? That's what it's going to take is the power of the Holy Spirit. Back to basics. Holy Spirit 101. Releasing the power of the Spirit in our churches, in our lives. Amen. Coming together and watching Him do the miraculous. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. These were, you know, nothing, let me first of all say nothing like this had ever happened before. Isaiah saw it in Isaiah chapter 28, verse number 11. He said, This for with stammering lips and another tongue. Will he speak to this people? He, he saw it. You know, several other different ones. You know, as we look back, there were a lot of different encounters. Ezekiel, Isaiah, Joel. We're going to talk about Joel here in a, in a little bit. He's actually in this chapter, too, where uh, uh, Luke quotes him. But, you know, prophets had, had foretold it. Jesus talked about it. The Holy Spirit coming. We're going to use that scripture in a little bit also. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. He said, there comes one mightier than I whose shoes I'm not worthy to even unlatch. He's not going to just baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Did the fire come? Yes. John the Baptist was speaking prophetically when he said that. He knew, didn't he? He knew. He said, I'm not the Christ, but he is coming and he's going to be glorified and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So here they are, all with one accord in one place. Just ordinary, same everyday people, but gathered. You know, they didn't, I don't believe they totally understood what was about to happen. I didn't totally understand all the fullness of the Spirit when I was first baptized. I was only 17 years old. Hello? But I knew, I saw the change that it made in other people's lives while I was gone, some eight or ten of them. And I thought, there's something, there's something to this. There is something to this. And now do you realize, you know, sometimes we as Pentecostals or as Charismatics, whatever you want to label us, those that have been baptized in the Spirit, some people think we're a minority almost in the world. Did you realize there are some 60, not million, but billion, bill, everybody say billion, people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit living in this world today. Say, Wow. Wow, don't you wish everybody was? How many billion are there now? I can't remember. There's a bunch, right? 
trillions, I guess. Three trillion, is that it? I don't know. Seven billion? Something like that. Anyway, we'll, we'll pass on that. We'll, we'll do some research on that. But one, that's exactly what a one Christian writer in, uh, I think is the World Christian Encyclopedia book, he said there's some 60. I haven't counted them, okay? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just stating a, a fact that I read in a book. Some 60 billion people have uh, been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I believe it's, it's something that every Christian can and should experience. Jesus encouraged it. He didn't say you had to be baptized in the Spirit to be saved. But we're going to find later in one of these, these verses here, one of these chapters, that he greatly encouraged it. You can experience Pentecost. And I believe it's time to get our, quote, acts together. Did you catch that? Get our acts together. Amen? Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to get my acts together. Hallelujah. Because this is not... A one-time thing, folks, the baptism of the Spirit. A lot of people get filled, and within a few weeks, they hardly ever speak in tongues, hardly ever get the power that they need. I was speaking in tongues driving to church this morning. I was speaking in tongues in my office this morning. I was speaking in tongues in the prayer room. I was actually speaking in drums back here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. I, I would not be here today without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In my life, he made such a difference. Let's move forward a little bit more here. Verse number 7 of Acts chapter 2. And they were beside themselves. Here's what's going on. They're hearing all this, this noise, with amazement, saying, Are not all those who are talking Galileans? So they're expecting to hear just the Galilean dialect. But here's what they're hearing. Then how is it that we hear each of us in our own particular dialect to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and the prince of all of the province of Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and the transient residents from Rome, both Jews and the proselytes to Judaism from other religions, Cretans and Arabians too. We all hear them speaking in our own native tongues and telling of the mighty works of God. And all were beside themselves with amazement and were puzzled and bewildered, saying one to another, what can this mean? But others made a joke of it and derisively said they are simply drunk <laughs> and full of sweet, intoxicating wine. So all of this is going on. You get in the picture? All these people gathered there for the big feast. All of this is happening and they're hearing people talk from all the uttermost parts of the world there in the known world back then, in their own dialect and in their own language. So they're amazed. They're bewildered. How can this be? It was the Holy Spirit. Amen. He moved upon. He brooded upon those gathered there, and they began, it just began to flow. I know when I first got baptized, it just began to come up out of my innermost being. Amen. Just flowing out of our mouth. And you do have to release your tongue. Amen. To speak forth what's coming, what you're feeling inside your, your spirit. Praise God. So that's what's going on here. They're just like, man, wow, this is crazy. But then, of course, you always got the ones on the sidelines, right? And they're drunk. <laughs> they're just drunk. Anybody ever been drunk in the spirit? I can relate to this, can't you? I've been so drunk. I had a, uh, I think I've said this before, I had a bass. I played bass in the praise team many years ago and it had two 15s in it, so it, was, it stood up with the rack on top about this top tall. So I, I literally have been sitting there, the spirit moving in a Pentecostal service, just staggering around, propping myself up on that base to keep from falling over in the spirit. Is he real? Is he real? I challenge you today. I know, I know that I know that he is real. So now let's move a little farther. 14 of Acts chapter 2, but Peter, standing with the eleven, this is a new Peter, isn't it? This is the rock. This is the rock standing up here. With the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, you Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be explained to you so that you will know and understand. Listen closely to what I have to say. For these men are not drunk, as you imagine, 
It is only the third hour, about 9 a.m. of the morning. But instead, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God declares that I will pour out of my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, telling forth the divine counsels. And your young men shall see visions, divinely granted appearances. And your old men shall dream, divinely suggested dreams. Yes, and on my men servants, and also on my maid servants, in those days I will pour out of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, telling forth the divine counsels and predicting the future events pertaining especially to God's kingdom. And I will show wonders in the sky above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and smoking vapor. This, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the obvious day of the Lord comes. That great and notable and conspicuous and renowned day. And it shall be that whosoever, here it is, shall call upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord, Christ shall be saved. That's Joel chapter 2, verse number 28 through 32. This is that. Everybody say this. This is that. That's exactly what Peter said, didn't he? It's been prophesied by Joel, and now it's here. It's finally arrived. Are you glad? Hallelujah. Praise God. This is not people drunk with wine. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit being rained down upon his church. Praise God. Pentecost had been released, amen, to all the world, to both Jew and Gentile. We're going to find later if you go through the Acts of the Apostles. You know, sometimes we uh, call it, you know, and that's kind of what it's labeled in your Bible. If you really, It's not just Acts, it's Acts of the Apostles. It could be better known for Acts of the Holy Spirit too, amen? As you go through there, uh, Acts chapter 2, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 19. If you've ever doubted, you, oh, you only got one scripture that talks about the Holy Spirit. No, no. We got proof upon proof upon proof upon proof <laughs> right here. Amen. Praise. Give him a praise if you're baptized. Amen. In the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So verse 22, he, he first uh, jumps up, starts telling them. And then in verse 22, he starts calling you men of Israel. Come on, let's listen here. Verse 22. Okay, I happen to have it right here in front of me. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. Ooh, that's important, isn't it? Among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. Everybody had heard about Jesus, right? Just been 50 days when he was doing all these, these wonderful things, and many of them saw him actually even be resurrected, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know him. Verse 23, here we go. This Jesus, when delivered up according to the definite and fixed purpose and settled plan, and here's a big word, foreknowledge. Did God know about this? The foreknowledge of God, you have crucified and put out of the way, killing him by the hands of lawless and wicked men. But God raised him up, liberating him from the pangs of death, seeing that it was not possible for him to continue to be controlled or retained by it. <clears throat> for David says, In regard to him, I saw the Lord constantly before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken or overthrown or cast down from my secure and happy state. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue exulted exceedingly. Moreover, my flesh also will dwell in hope, will encamp, pitch its tent, and dwell in hope in anticipation of the resurrection. For you will not abandon my soul, leaving it helpless in Hades, the state of departed spirits, nor let your holy one know decay or see destruction of the body after death. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy, 
with and in your presence. Hallelujah. He's saying, come on, listen. David talked about this even. Amen? He talked about this. I think it's actually in Psalms, chapter 16, verse 8 through 11. He quotes David there where he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in hell. Woo! Aren't you glad for that? Neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption, for you will show me the path of life. Here, I love this last part. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hands, there are pleasures forevermore. You know, a lot of this, as we were reading through there in the early verses of this, it talks about that God had approved of this. God had foreknowledge of this. You know, everything, I want to say this, everything that happened to Jesus was under God's control. These, the, the killing, the, 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 the torture, all of this would not have happened had not God wanted it to happen. God had a plan from the foundation of the earth to lay down a pure, spotless, without blemish sacrifice for the souls of man. They had tried the old way with the bullocks and the goats and the pigeons and all of that, but he, he took his only son. John three sixteen in a nutshell, amen. For God so loved that he gave his only son. So he, he knew everything that was going on. He had it planned out according to his purpose, and it was going to play out exactly God's way because it was his foreknowledge that God had planned it that very well, that very way. So Christ, basically, it's talking about here in that verse, and we're going to talk about a little more here in the next section. Christ rescued the righteous souls from hell and took them to heaven with him. You see, before this, all of them had been held together, the righteous and the unrighteous, in one place of departed spirits. Are you with me? But Jesus, I think it's Ephesians, said, led captivity captive. Amen? Those Abraham, Moses, and all the ones that knew God and walked with God had been held there. Jesus came with the keys, amen, and liberated them. Hallelujah. From hell, Gehenna. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So let's move forward a little more here. Verse 30, where are we at? Verse, uh, what was it? All right, yeah, 29. Here we go. Brethren, now he's kind of moving in a little more personal. Hey, brother. Brethren, it is permitted me to tell you confidently and with freedom concerning the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being, however, a prophet and knowing that God had sealed to him with an oath that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke by foreknowledge of the resurrection of Christ, the Messiah, that he was not deserted in death and left in Hades, the, the state of departed spirits, nor did his body know decay or see destruction. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all we, his disciples, are what? Witnesses. Hallelujah. He explains here in this prophetic uh, vision that David saw here, a lot of people thought that they were writing about David, that he would, you know, never die or he would be raised again. But David ex or explains here prophetically that he wasn't writing about himself. He was writing about one of his descendants, the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, who is actually what has just happened, what they have done to him. This is the guy. Amen? This is the guy. He said, David has a sepulcher. And you can see it. I don't know if it's still there today. I haven't been to Israel. It is on my bucket list. I do want to go to Israel. Anybody ever wanted to go to Israel? Woo, hallelujah. Let's get a crew together. What do you say? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've talked about that for a couple of years. I believe it's time. Amen. We'll plan it about a year out or something and uh, let you start saving your money, right? But I, I want to go there. I want to walk where Jesus walked. It's just... You know, before I get to where I can't walk, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's a long ways down the road. But David was writing here prophetically about the Messiah to come. His, his body wouldn't be abandoned to decay. He was only in that tomb how long? Three days. There wasn't much decay or corruption going on there. 
and he says, we are witnesses. We're the one who, te- we're, a witness is someone that saw something, right? And he testifies of what he saw. He's been lifted, he said, to the right hand of God. When he did this, it caused what you have seen today. Somebody else said something about that, didn't they? It was Jesus. John chapter 7, verse number 37 through 39. Very important here. On the final and most important, everybody say most important, day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice. And he's crying today for somebody. If any man is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. So he who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Now here's the clincher. But he was speaking here of the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. Whom those who believed, trusted, had faith in him were afterward to receive For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, here it is, because Jesus was not yet glorified and raised to honor. Now it's happening, amen? All the ducks were in a row. And here's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. You're talking about an outpouring, amen? Wow, get under, you know, in Pentecost we sometimes say get under the spout where the glory comes out, right? Anybody been under the spout? Hallelujah. When the presence of God and the Holy Spirit was so strong, you did act a little strange. You may have done something outside of what you had. Anybody ever shouted before? Anybody ever kicked around a little bit? Anybody ever cleared a drum set? Woo, I was 18 years old, man, playing drums in a little country church and Two or three of them started shouting and hollering, and next thing I knew, I, was, I landed out here somewhere. I went plumb over the, the, whole, the whole thing. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Amen. I, I've seen some things in Pentecost. I can remember even in the probably late 80s, early 90s, had a group called Divine Touch Quartet. We were going out ministering, went into this little uh, country church in Andrews, Texas, and it's packed. I mean, it's, you know, wall-to-wall, little, you know, kind of, like any little country church, too, you know, you got your center aisle and then a little row about as long as these seven or eight chairs here. And we're, we're uh, singing a song called, We Shall Wear a Robe and Crown. Watch ye, therefore, you know not the day. Anyway, we were singing that song, and I'm, I'm over here at the piano just banging away, and out of my peripheral verse, and I see something coming down the aisle, and it's end over end. <laughs> this kid is doing cartwheels all the way down to the front, and I thought, wow. And then all of a sudden he turns around and goes back, plumb to the, to the other end. And we're, we're, all, we're all looking at each other like, wow, these people are, are, are definitely in the spirit today. So we took a break to take the offering. And I told him, I said, if you ever see me do something like that, you'll know I'm in the spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. You will know. But we've, you know, when the spirit of the Lord, what is that song? You know, David, the spirit of the Lord touched him. That's a song we would sing when the spirit of the Lord moves in my soul, I will dance. Like David danced. Some people never get into the spirit because they're, they, they are too inhibited. They're worried about what someone's going to think about them. If I do this, if I act like that. So they sit there stiff as a rail, right? And never yield. And sometimes the Holy Spirit may be even prompting you to move out. And you're like, oh, no, sister so-and-so's here today, and she wouldn't like that. He's not. All of these things can run through your mind. Amen? Why not go ahead and be liberated from that today? Amen. Why not go ahead and yield yourself to the Holy Spirit when he moves on your soul? Someone just might get saved that day or might be baptized in the Spirit or might be healed that day just because you responded and you were obedient. Amen. Give the Lord and the Holy Spirit a hand clap today. Hallelujah. 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 So he's been lifted to the right hand of God. You know, when Jesus made this statement there in Acts, or not Acts, but John 7, 37 through 39. They should have known, the ones gathered there, what he was referring to even then. And some of them, if you read the verses following that, some of them made uh, statements like this, surely he is the prophet. Another one said, others 
Others said, he is the Christ. But others said, no, can't be Christ because he's from Galilee. His dialect gives him away. They did not know that he was from Bethlehem. That was prophesied by the prophet uh, Micah, I believe it was. Thou, Bethlehem, Judea, out of thee shall come the Messiah. They did not know. They thought because of his dialect, nah, he can't be the one. So a lot of confusion going on there. But in the, they, they, some people did recognize, amen? So, okay, let's move to the next. Uh, let, let, hold it, verse 36. I like that. It says, if, and we, we just finished up, let everyone know this Jesus you crucified is the Lord and the Christ. That's important. Everyone should know that. Everyone should have the opportunity to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the reason we're here today. We want another one. And another one. And another one. We come here and we get filled up on Sunday's morning. How many of you get filled up here? You get some nourishment. You get some praise. You get some worship. You, you get some fellowship. A lot of these things. But then the church, we all have jobs. We have businesses. We have things to do. We go out into the world. And what do we do? We start letting what, we've, what has filled us up here flow out into the world. Amen? And we bring them back. And they get saved. And then they get healed. They get delivered. They get set free. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, verse 37 here. We're wrapping up. Verse number 37. Okay. I've got it here somewhere. All right. Now. Everybody say now. When they had heard this, they were stung. We're getting down to the reaction. Whoo. It's important how we, re, we react to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, when they had heard this, they were stung, cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, special messengers, Brethren, what shall we do? Is that a good question? Amen. There's, there's more than repentance. Amen? Hallelujah. What shall we do? And Peter answered them. Here's what you need to do. Repent. Repent. Change your views and your purpose to accept the will of God in your inner selves instead of rejecting it. And then number two, everybody say number two, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of and release from your sins. And then number three, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. One, two, three. Repent. Be baptized. Receive the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to you. What's that? Of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and your children and to and for all that are far away, even to and for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. And Peter solemnly and earnestly witnessed, testified, and admonished, exhorted with much continual speaking and Warned, reproved, advised, encouraged them, saying, Be saved from this crooked, perverse, wicked, and unjust generation. Three things he said. Amen. Repent. And I believe that message is one that still needs to be preached today. And it is literally being preached around the world. But how, how, re, how receptive are we to the ministry of the Spirit? You know, you can say no to the Holy Spirit. And some, so many times, I, I've seen it, you know, in many years of ministry, some people sit there, the Holy Spirit's moving on their heart, and yet they build up that wall, they say no to the Holy Spirit. They reject, basically, and do not yield to the Holy Spirit. It's so important when the Holy Spirit is prompting you and those urgings that you're, you're feeling in your spirit, man, that you be quick to obey, amen? And repent. If it's something God's shedding some light on in your life that shouldn't be there, we repent, amen? And we turn from our wicked ways, and we watch the Holy Spirit come into our life, flood our soul. But, you know, one thing that stood out in this last verse, and it really, I was driving in even yesterday from the lake, and it really just rose up in my spirit. Save in the, the version that I was listening to, it says, Save yourself from this corrupt and crooked generation. Church, that's where we're at today. It's a crooked and corrupt and wicked and no truth, no truth, 
And I believe Peter saw this not only for that moment, for that particular, but I believe it's prophetically as well. Save yourself. Save yourself from what's going on in this world today before it's too late, before you die and burn in hell forever and forever. It's important. Amen. I'm preaching to the camera for a minute here. If someone's watching, it's very, very important that you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When the Holy Spirit, when someone's talking to you and you feel him churning inside of you, it's very important to be a yielded vessel. Raise your hands today and say, I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit. I want us to go ahead and stand today. We are living in a crooked and perverse and wicked generation church and i believe many of the ones and it's true in the parable in matthew chapter 13 i believe seven different parables there how the wheat and the tares and we've talked terry and different ones on wednesday night here about this there there is a church that thinks everything is okay but they're part of the tares everything's they're still living their life according to the world it's in this wicked and corrupt they're being more like the world than they are like Jesus Christ. And yet they think, I'm okay. It's time, church, that we save ourselves, that we get serious about this, repent, get close to God, welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, in our business. Because I truthfully believe the ones, well, I know, and I believe firmly, those that are baptized in the Holy Spirit are on another level spiritually. Amen? They're on another. They've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew what he was doing when he left the Holy Spirit here and said, you need this. You need him. You need him. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be your advocate. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to walk with you. He's going to talk with you. So as we close out this service today, I want to share this illustration with you. I pray it will land right in your lap, right in your spirit today. There was a a man many years ago in West Texas was during the Depression. His name was Mr. Ira Yates. He had a lot of land, but also had a lot of debt. He couldn't even hardly pay the principal and the interest on his land. He's about to lose his ranch. He barely had money for food and for clothes for his children. He was actually even living on some government subsidy had a few sheep that grazed, but they weren't even doing that well because it was so dry. Then a seismographic crew from an oil company asked permission to drill a wildcat well on his land. He signed a, a lease contract with them. At 1,115 feet, they struck oil. His first well was 80,000 barrels a day. They drilled more, and they were twice as productive. The day he purchased the land, he had received the oil and mineral rights. Yet he had been on the verge of poverty and despair, while all the while sitting on multi-million dollar heritage of resources. Many today are a lot like Mr. Yates. We have everything we need through the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet we sit and live beneath our means, beneath our rights and privileges. Hear my heart today, church. It's time to allow the Holy Spirit to live and rule and reign inside of you. And go out and be the church that Jesus wanted us to be. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads today in prayer. Lord, I thank you. Lord, as we've gone through this whole chapter, just about of Acts chapter 2. That there's no expiration date upon this outpouring of the Spirit. You said this promises to you, to your children, to all that are even afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Lord, I believe there's people here today, Lord, that maybe have even been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but He's not active. He's not active in their lives today. Holy Spirit, do your work in their hearts today. There may be some here today that have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And yet as we've preached today, you've touched their heart and they want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I praise you today as we go into this altar time. Your Holy Spirit is mighty at work today. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Two questions today with our heads still bowed. Number one, you're here today. You haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And by an upraised hand, you'd say, Pastor, you've made it very clear today how important he is and that it's not something just for the early church, but he's for everyone today. You're here today and you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Across this building as I look around, I would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Anyone today. Hallelujah. Maybe someone watching today, right now, and you're sitting in your living room, and you feel the presence of God in that place because He's here, and I pray He's right there with you. You too can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We will come. We will pray with you. We will lead you in this experience. And All you have to do is call upon Him. If you've acknowledged Him as Lord and Savior of your life, just begin to praise Him, and He can even baptize you right there. In your living room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Terry and, or Pam, would you come here and pray with, with this one today that's come. Hallelujah. With Bev. Praise the Lord. Or maybe you're here today and you've been baptized in the Spirit. And yet, it's a rare thing. It's just, let's, let's be honest today. It's a rare thing when you walk in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you want to be refreshed in your Holy Spirit walk today. If that's you, hold your hand up. Hold your hand up. I need a refreshing. I need a cleansing. I need a refreshing. Okay, just start making your way up here. Several have raised their hand. Colin's going to begin singing this song. And we're going to come by and anoint you with oil. We're going to pray over you and watch the Holy Spirit literally come alive in your spirit today. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. Just begin to praise Him today, church, in your heaven. I'm living proof of what the mercy of God can do. And if you knew me then, you believe me now, you turned my whole life upside down. He took the old and he made it new. It's just what the mercy of God can do. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's his goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. And I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. I thought I deserved to be six feet beneath the earth for all the things I've done, the things I've said, the choices made that I regret. Oh, I would still be lost. But for the mercy of God And I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome It's your goodness and mercy And the power of the blood I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Was the cross meant for me? That my Savior carry. Now 
have been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me where my sin lay buried? Now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God. Was a cross meant for me where my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me where my sin lay buried? Now I've been redeemed by the mercy of God. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God was a grave meant for me there my sin lay buried now I've been redeemed by the mercy of God and now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome It's your goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. And I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. It's his goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. thought I deserved. I thought I deserved to be six feet beneath the earth. For all the things I've done, the things I've said, the choices made that I regret. Oh, I would still be lost. Before the mercy of God, I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's your goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. It's your goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God was the grave meant for me where my sin lay buried now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God was the cross meant for me where my Savior carried now I've been made free by the mercy of God was the grave meant for me where my sin lay buried now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God oh the blood of Jesus Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Sing again. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus.
Jesus and hold the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me? Where my sin lay buried, now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God. Now I'm alive to tell the story, how I've overcome. It's His goodness and mercy, and the power of the blood. And I'm so glad that my freedom isn't based on what I've done. Yeah. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Hallelujah. 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 I just want to say something real quick before we go. You know, when I got touched by Jesus and I got saved... And I heard that there's something else. I, I wanted it bad. I didn't want to miss out on a single thing that Jesus had for me. And I didn't care. I wasn't going to be embarrassed. I was, let me tell you about the tongues thing. Let me tell you about this tongues thing. This is a deliberate thing that God put in there to humble you. You'll never receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit inhibited by people, embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and I'm not ashamed of anything that he wants to give me. And if you can't get past that, you're not going to receive. And it's a faith thing. Your, your tongue's not going to automatically, the Holy Spirit's not going to possess you and take over and wiggle your tongue and get you. you it's a faith, it's a step of faith. You just take, well, I've never spoke this before. It, it miss, listen, it starts small. But if you'll receive it and then continue to practice it every day, it'll grow just like a little baby learns, da-da, da-da. And the next thing you know, he's forming sentences. And after he's form- and then he's speaking. That's how tongues are. You've got, this is an act of faith. And it's a humbling thing. And it's something that's designed to get you to the place where I don't care what dad thinks. I don't care what mama thinks. I don't care what Joe over here thinks. I don't care. I want the Holy Spirit. You said if I asked you for the Holy Spirit, you'd give me the Holy Spirit. You said if somebody asked for a fish, he's not going to give you a stone. He's going to give you exactly what you want. And church, if you've been touched by Jesus and you don't want the extra thing, there's something wrong. Hallelujah. We had a lot of people come forward here because they felt like there's something extra they need. And by faith today, you receive it. And even if you didn't speak in tongues today, you receive by faith. You go home and you'll start practicing that. It's not that you have to speak in tongues. It's that you get to. And maybe we need to do a lot more teaching on this, Pastor, because, listen, God is preparing this church... I want to speak to you prophetically for a minute. God's preparing this church, and not just us, all churches around here. He's preparing us, and He's raising up an end-time army. The church has been asleep for too long. And all this stuff that's going on in the world, we're still sleeping. We're still sleeping and worried about what Joe... Stop it! Stop it. Run to Jesus. Run to Him with everything. I don't know about you, but there's a stirring in my nest. Every time I try to sit down and get comfortable, it's I sit on a thorn. And God is stirring up my nest. I hope He's stirring you up. I'm hoping nobody in this room will be happy until they get everything. I want it all. I want everything that Jesus suffered to give me. I want it. Can you imagine what Jesus went through for you? And for us to just say, ah, I'm good enough. I'm good, Jesus. No. What a disgrace. 
He died to give it. And the Bible says, look, it's not Father who baptizes us. It's Jesus himself is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. He's the baptizer. Hallelujah. It's something that teaches us how to receive by faith. You don't receive anything from God apart from faith. You're not going to get healed of your sickness or your disease or whatever it is that's ailing you without faith. You're not going to speak in tongues and receive the baptism without faith. You're not going to receive anything unless you just determine, I believe what he said. I believe it, and I'm going to walk in it. Be a part of the army. Be a part of this army because the devil is running roughshod in this church. Not just this church. Every church. He's running roughshod over us. And I don't like it one bit. Now I want to say one last thing. This may shock some of you. The devil, has, the, the Lord himself. Has, you know the letters in the books of Revelation to the churches? The candlestick has been removed from this church. I don't, that doesn't mean that we don't have the Holy Spirit. Every time I walk through these doors, I have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. We bring him in every time. We, it's not that he's not here, but corporately. The candlestick, this is a corporate thing. This is something that God puts in a church and people from miles around say, I'm going to the house because I heard God's there. We don't have that. Because the candlestick's been removed. And that ought to make every one of us uneasy. I've been talking with Pastor about some things that I, I want to share. And he's, we're, we're not done talking about it. And when he releases me to share these things, we'll expand on this. But I want you all to be meditating on that. Lord, have you removed our candlestick? We want it back. We want a house of restoration to be a place of restoration. We want the house corporately to be a place where everyone from miles around can come. Because I heard Jesus is walking the aisles there at the house of restoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't want them to say, oh, so-and-so over there is anointed. Oh, so-and-so over there is... No, we want them to say, this place is holy ground. This is a sacred place where the Spirit has put His candlestick and we are a light to this community. Corporately, if you'll receive that, meditate on that in the days and weeks to come. I love you. Pastor, I'm going to give this over to you before I get myself in trouble. Praise the Lord. I love, Praise you. love you, brother. Praise God. Yes. Actually, the Holy Spirit told me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm going to actually share something really fast. Um, I'm not a really exuberant person. <laughs> As you, you guys know, I'm kind of like kind of worried about what people think a lot and things like that, but um, I just wanted to share specifically with the, with the youth, um, which the girls are still in here too, but um, I had a, a tough time with speaking in tongues because when I was young and praying for it, we attended uh, my father's church, which was like a Pentecostal non-denominational church, and um, I was around it all the time, and I had a bad experience because <laughs> one of the precious ladies in the church, uh, well-meaning, uh, came up to pray for me to receive the Holy Spirit. And um, she said, now you got to spit out your gum, and then you just start talking, saying uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, over and over real fast until your tongue gets tied, and then you'll speak in tongues. And I remember at 16 thinking, these people are insane. Like, that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life, and I'm not doing that. And I just stood there thinking at that moment that, like, everything I believed in was a mockery, you know, like this is what this is, you know, <laughs> like spit out my gum and get my tongue tied. Okay, pass. And uh, then I started dating a Church of Christ, you know, boyfriend, and uh, nothing against the Church of God bless the Church of Christ, but they, you know, they don't speak in tongues. And so I had a lot of feedback from him about, you know, it not being real and things like that. And I just really struggled with it. But I'm also the kind of person, like, I want to get to the bottom of things. Like, if I'm going to put my eggs in, in someone's basket, I want to I know that it's legit, you know. So I'm like, okay, well, God, how about this? Like, if this is real, you know, just show me in, in my own way, you know, because what I'm seeing, this isn't real. But, you know, you read the scriptures. I would read the scriptures and see that it's there, and it has to be real, you know, otherwise it wouldn't be there because I believe God. And so um, several years passed, and I was like probably 20, 19 or 20, and I had come to the Lord in a very real way, um, 
beyond the, the God behavior and belong, beyond the religion and stuff, I actually came to the Lord in a true repentance and heard the Lord speak to me. And shortly after that, I remember he brought it back to my attention about the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And um, to me, um, I'm, I'm not a theologian and I don't know all of the explanation of it, but to me it is like what I've noticed when I speak in tongues is that it's a power and a help to know what to pray and how to pray. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of the horse. So I went to a youth service, and people were praying up front and things like that, and I remember just being very rebellious. (laughs) Anyway, so I went and sat at the back, and I just sat there Indian style, kind of like, okay. If it's real, you can do it right here, same as me going up there and acting kooky. And so I sat there in Indian style for probably three hours. It was like a youth revival thing, and I just sat there quiet. Okay, God, if it's real, you know, I believe your word. And it was very peaceful. It, very, it was very quiet. There was no hoopla. And um, I just remember I felt a, a, like a warmth, like a, like a presence, you know, you, almost like when a grandma or someone comes around and just puts their arms around you and snuggles you up, you know. I felt a warmth. And then um, it's not like I had an out-of-body experience and my tongue just started to flop. It was nothing like that. It was just like, you know how when we talk in, in our normal language, we kind of, hear in in our mind the thoughts that we want to speak and we open our mouth and we say those things that we're hearing in our mind and that's how it was for me I just began to hear words that weren't you know normal and and I just kind of said it you know out loud and you know you know and I just would say what he put but it was different than English you know and I just started to do that and and as I did it it was like um like yeah, just I can't even excri- describe it like with words. It was just like a, a I felt um, a peace and a power, and like he was he was helping me pray because I didn't know what to pray, and and it grew from there. You know, I began to use it more and get a little more comfortable in it, and you know things like that, and and um, there became more power in my life. You know, victory over things that I I didn't have victory over before, and. I just, like, like I have this helper with me, <laughs> you know, all the time, and I just speak in that language, and when I get in a real bad bind, and it's come in handy in life, because I've gotten in some real big binds, <laughs> and just going back to that, but anyway, so I, w- I wanted to say that, um, and then I also had another thought that now I've lost, but maybe it'll come to me later. Anyways. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is that. Amen. This is that which was spoken. By the prophet Jewel, and we each have our own unique experiences, don't we? I said I uh, that night in Hollis, Oklahoma. Just I decided I wasn't leaving. I wasn't leaving that church until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was 11 o'clock at night, but it's a made-up mind. And both Terry and Sheila have said the same thing. It's just realizing that it is a gift that He wants to give you, and I want everything, don't you? I want everything He has. Let's stand together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we do not want our candlestick to be taken away here at the house, Lord. There's different people that make up that candlestick, Lord, and they go out. Your word says there in Matthew 5, we are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. We must display. We must go out and display you and what you can do in our lives every day and then that candlestick will be put back together as each one of us go out as a light as a fire as a fire burning each and every day as we go our different ways north south east west lord god the holy spirit will open up opportunities for us lord to be the witnesses because you said there in acts 1 8 when he comes upon you you'll receive that power and you will be witnesses lord that's the impartation of the Holy Spirit, number one, being witnesses of what he's done in our life and the power that he's given us. May we not be slack anymore. Lord, may we realize who we are in you, those that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Lord, may we realize who we are and begin to live the life, begin to walk in the giftings of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We confess it, we believe it, we receive it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
sorry, as I was praying, I just, I remember um, I also struggle with, like, going full out for God because of, you know, just life is hard and it's complicated and it's busy and, you know, you receive so much backlash and, and people accuse you of not um, walking in love. And, and I'll keep this simple. Um, he just, he has put it in my spirit and also over the course of the past four years taught me that you just got to pick your hard. You know, life is going to be hard one way or another. If you don't submit to the Lord, you know, if you have the knowledge of God and don't submit and follow his way, you're going to get a different kind of hard that you didn't want. I promise you. I've done that. (laughs) So that's for someone today. Pick your hard. You know, it's going to be hard this way or it's going to be hard that way. But if you're walking with God and and going all out for him, your heart is going to be a lot easier because you're going to be with him and he's going to help you along the way. Right. That's right. Pick your hard. Hello. Oh, there. Sorry. Um, I want to say that in the last couple of years, one thing that's happened with Terry and I is that there's been people in our life that God has delivered and brought into the kingdom, and there's been people that God has cut out. And I think it's very, very important at this time, Lord help me, that we be careful who we surround ourselves with and who we're letting. You know, Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Those are mockers of God. But that we're to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord, and in it we're to meditate day and night. So that's the word that I feel the Lord has for us today is who are we surrounding ourselves with? We must, in this last hour, surround ourselves with people of like mind and godliness. Now, that doesn't mean we don't pray for people or we don't share Christ with people, but there comes a point where God is going to take a sword and he's going to cut them out of our life. And I think this is a big problem with a lot of people. I see it as who we're surrounding ourselves with. That's what I want to say. Thank you, Lord. Another great word, amen? And then Peter saw it. Save yourself from those that are bringing you down. Amen. God bless you.